episode 19. I was only 19, as Red Gum used to say. God help me. Yes, God help you. God help us all. <laughs> God help all of you out there too. Yeah. Here we are again, episode 19, 19 ready to roll. Well, yeah, I was yeah. Th- 19, we were thinking about the number, and I was just thinking for fans of Stephen King, um, his epic Dark Tower series, 19 was the the yeah talismanic number of that particular little group, so I think... Yeah, the greatest author of all time in many people's opinions. Not mine, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. If you're based on books, so let's yes. go with that. All right. So, yeah, let's... Um, Die-hard Red Sox fan, so I should love him. But oh, there you go, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not how I roll. So, uh, look, it's this is an interesting one today. I think we've been pretty much critical of anyone and everyone in the music industry with a lot of what we've done so far. So I, I mentioned oh, GJ the other day, you know, are people just going to start thinking we're sort of whining bastards, that we've got nothing positive at all to say? So well, I don't know. I mean, you, you were very um, complimentary of lefty and righty in... Uh... Well, what's not to be complimentary about, just quietly. Yeah. C- can we watch that again? No. All right, later. Sorry. Yeah. Focus. But, um, <laughs> so we, we've, we've done a top ten a few weeks ago with uh, the top ten Seinfeld episodes yep. um we thought we'd do a kind of a top 10 australian what bands i think is yep. the yep. perhaps the best way to go and as i say a positive spin on music for a change yeah. because as much as we do deride well all rap music and pretty much a lot of other stuff as well there there are some decent bands and songs out there mm. and um these are the homegrown ones who have helped, yeah, keep our faith in the music industry over all these years. Yes, it's, it's a it's a very um, eclectic mix. I think is a fair a fair way to put what we're talking about here. But Pete, that's what people have come to expect from this show. G. Yeah, we're nothing if not eclectic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's a tagline in there for the yeah. bloke pod somewhere. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we're nothing if not yeah. eclectic. Yeah, that's a nice ring to it. I'll get that on my business card. <laughs> I was going to say, is that is that part of your branding workshops yeah, once that's again? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Branding and professional development. Well, well, We're nothing of, if not eclectic. In terms of everything that people would say about me, eclectic is probably the most positive thing you can, yeah. <laughs> you can take from it. And um, the first song, the first cab off the ranks, Men at Work. And um, well, what can I say about this song except for I wish it was our national anthem? <laughs> How cool there would it, it be to, um, to hear wow. Down Under playing at the. At the Olympics, every time you went to gold. It made me strive a lot harder to win gold. I was going to say, certainly better than those people who reckon it should be Waltzing Matilda, which is a song about stealing sheep. Yeah. So, yeah, sli- slightly more apt than that one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so without without further ado, let's go hear about the women blowing and the men chundering. <laughs> there it is. Glowing, that, chundering. That sum up Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, Dan's smiling in the corner and he's about to give me a veggie right sandwich. But uh, anyway, without further ado, Dan Under. Well, Adam Hills, you've got a lot to answer for because it was Spicks and Specs that first brought the um, the flute riff within that song to the attention of um, the original composers, I believe. It was a question on Spicks and Specs about 
Yeah, the, the flute riff in Down Under, where does that come from? Well, what does it sound it, like? Yeah. Then, yes. the, yeah. old, uh, the old Jamboree song, Kookaburra Sits in the Old Gum Tree. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one and a half million, well... <laughs> However much yeah. it was. I mean, yeah, th- we could go off on a tangent about the whole litigation of music and stuff like mm. that, which is just absurd. The fact that they now get yeah royalties every time that's played is ridiculous because music and, is finite no. pretty much every musical idea has to be sourced from somewhere and yeah to get inspiration from something like and knowing, that and knowing the tune for kookaburra sits in the old gum tree it's hardly a perfect match anyway which and not is even the thing that. that's surprising about that decision it's but such a minor part of the song i mean if yeah. it's something like um well, to reference back to an earlier episode, if it's something like um, Joe Satriani getting ripped off by by, by Coldplay, Coldplay, yeah, or, that's uh, one yeah. thing. Or um, Queen getting ripped oh, off. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> by, um, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that was, yeah, it's it's not exactly a central <laughs> no. central part of the whole song. But anyway, good good little uh, opener, I reckon, given yeah, the theme of today's episode. But as I, you know, yes, exactly. We, we've got to open with the Australian song and, yep. yeah, such a, uh, such a great song. And, you know, one, one thing about uh, Australian artists in particular is, is that there haven't really been that many that you would really say have had immense levels of charisma. Mm. And uh, the next couple of artists that we Guy Sebastian been... aside Because I mean really What's not to like about Well him? Angel's <laughs> bought him here after all um, <laughs> So but um, Focusing on uh, a couple of other bands In particular who Had very very charismatic front men who Iconic Iconic Let's, yeah, go, let's with go with iconic That's yeah. a good call that, um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately met their demise and it's it would be fair to say that the bands have never really recovered from, Absolutely. from said yep. things. So. Well, when we said we were doing top five Aussie bands, these next two were my first two picks straight away. The other three I actually struggled with. There is, yeah, less Aussie talent out there than you might expect once you start trying to pick the best bands of all yeah. time. But these two are absolute... Yeah, locks. Yeah. So, yeah, the first of the, the two being ACDC, and you've professed your love for them in uh, in previous podcasts. Yeah, so. absolutely. And uh, so we're going to roll down the highway to hell, I think. Is that perhaps Indeed. the way to go? Highway to hell. It would be a great uh, start to, I think, all of our future iPod for Hell episodes. It what do you reckon? Too. Yeah. It'll certainly Get on that, too. Geech. Put, put, We'll make that together happen. for us. We'll make yeah. that happen. Yeah. I'll, promise, I'll, I'll promise you right now, the very first... If you ever hear Highway to Hell at the start of a podcast of ours... It'll be the best song that gets played in that episode. That's exactly right. (laughs) So, without further ado, Highway to Hell... It may well be the best song that you hear during that episode, but please don't switch off. It's worth listening to the other stuff as well. Well, it says you. Well, <laughs> he's a very unbiased uh, opinion. We seem to us better but... about how shit everything else is. Is always a good point to start. Yeah. We, the two, you certainly the two grumpy say, old men. <laughs> you, you certainly wouldn't say that about the Bon Scott led ACDC, oh, though. Absolutely not. I mean, when you we were talking before, just imagine buying that album, taking it home, putting it in the well, 
the cassette player perhaps or even or the, record player, yeah, the record player mm. and just hearing that riff at the start of the song that's yeah i mean of all the great title tracks in history to kick off an album that mm. yeah that probably stands alone yeah, it's sure yeah. it's certainly no beetle bum put it that way <laughs> i'm not going to dignify that <laughs> bon scott is spinning in his grave right now gj god but uh, yeah the other really good point that this song it's a great example of it when you think about great Aussie bands and great rock bands in general it's just how many memorable iconic I'll use the word again um, rock anthems or guitar riffs that they've come up with and Akadaka in that field they just stand alone I mean even for someone who doesn't know their music you'd think Highway to Hell Back in Black Thunderstruck just to name three, even Rock and Roll Train, you could throw in there now, some of their more modern stuff. Long way to but the top. Yeah, exactly. There are just Dirty Deeds, Dirty Deeds Dirty Cheap, yeah. They've got so countless riffs, too countless to count. <laughs> mm. You'd throw that in there. But yeah, they've just, Angus Young, his ability to just write something that just sticks in your mind forever. Yeah, unrivaled, I think, in the history of rock music. And as you say, yeah, Bon Scott as well. When you've got the Young Brothers on the two guitars and then Bon Scott up front, really, mm. what, what more could you ask for? Yeah, and I, and you made the point in a previous podcast, and I think it, it's, it's well and truly true, it's not that Brian Johnson's a hack by any stretch of the imagination, but... It's just not Bon Scott. He's just not Bon Scott. And, I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's hardly his fault. Mm. No. Um, but, you know, the, the writing and the lyrics that, uh, mm. that Bond put together for a lot of this stuff, it's more than the... I mean, the guitar riffs are the thing that really jumps out at you, but it's more than that when it comes to... The whole package, yeah. I mean, some of their songs, I can think of a few, such as Bad Boy Boogie and, and ones like that, the the dichotomy and the way he turn, he um, yeah develops each verse, basically comparing two things against one another, and yeah, just mm. the whole the whole song basically just has all these continual references, and it's incredibly well written. I mean, the compare that to some of the tripe we have to listen to today. Mm. That when it's clear they've got the they've got the song. Let's just throw whatever words you know fit in there. Mm. These guys were clearly had the guitar riff, but then the lyrics as well are extraordinarily well written. Yeah, well, I remember hearing the story about uh, Dirty Deed was that they were laying down the guitar track simultaneously. Bon Scott was in the other room scribbling stuff down, and he went back in there and said, "Play that again," and just sung mm. based on what he'd heard. He literally scribbled something yeah. down then and there. And they were laying the track straight away. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You'll never use the word genius for an alcoholic who choked on his own vomit and died. Mm. But fair dinkum, yeah. Talent. He would have had to, yeah, talent. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Mm. And that brings us then to the next song, which a very similar, yeah. <laughs> similar sort of vein, isn't it? A, a great front, front man who was taken from us way too early. Yeah. This one, not so much about the lyrics... This is just the voice. And yeah. it is, I think, hands down the best, possibly the best male singer of all time. I'm throwing it out there. All time, everywhere, you'll say? Yeah, you are. I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Yeah. Of course, we're talking about uh, In Excess with Michael Hutchins as his front man. Yeah. And uh, for, the, for this one, we've, we've chosen not to change. <laughs> and I always think that that's a good idea for everyone is, is you know, don't change. 
So, having spoke, <laughs> having talked up the front and we then cut it off right before <laughs> the first word of the song. But the intro itself is also, yeah, yeah. pretty bloody awesome. Yeah, no, Michael Hutchins was, yeah, certainly a, a tremendous front man. I think, you know, uh, from, from all reports too, a, a genuinely nice person as well. Mm. Um no, somebody, a troubled soul. Yeah, I think, I think someone made the comment once that you know, if if three of your ex girlfriends are, are flying in from all parts of the world to attend mm. your funeral, then clearly you're a pretty mm. special kind of guy. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, as you said, incredibly charismatic, and it's you know, it's unfortunate that the the rest of the band have kind of tarnished their image a little oh, bit God, by yeah. holding a reality out. show to replace his. I mean, and yeah, how how did that work out for them too? Yeah, good job, guys. Yeah, I mean... That was, yeah, very disappointing. I think that, you know, sometimes you should take the hint and just, you know, in some instances just give away. I mean, he he was... And, you know, trying to pick a, trying to pick a great song of In Excess uh, yeah, is tough because really there's, tough. About, yep. there's about 10 or 15. Oh, I mean, if we're talking about great albums of all time, Kick would probably be right mm. up there. That was just, yeah, yeah, there was some concentrated quality on that a particular album. Yeah. But I, I mean, I always have memories of... Uh, it's Funnily enough, probably my two favourite Hutchins performances aren't even in In Excess songs. <laughs> he did a cover with Jimmy Barnes of um, The Easy Beats. Yeah, The Easy Beats song called Good Times, in the um, which is a 60s song. They did that for the Lost Boys movie. And Jimmy Barnes is quite highly regarded as well. You know, lead, lead man for mm. Cold Chisel for, for a while there. And also, and also, solo, and also yeah. a very extensive yeah. soccer career. When you actually... And he's renowned as someone who has a fair bit of charisma as well. When you actually listen to that song, Michael Hutchins just blows him mm. out of the water. Blows him off the stage. Yeah, yeah. He, he just really does. And um, the other one is uh, he had a... He wrote a song called Way of the World, which um, he was a little bit worried. He thought it was a great song, but he thought that people wouldn't necessarily give it the general respect because it was badged as if it was badged as an in excess song. So he created okay. a, a a band called Max Q, which was yep. basically in excess, and released a song called Way of the World. If you haven't ever heard Way of the World, I strongly suggest you listen to it. Yep. It's fantastic. Um, um, but I think, you know, your your reasons for picking Don't Change. Well, I, it is absolutely one of my favourite In Excess songs and it's very hard to pick, but there's, the nice little story behind this one also happens to be um, a comedy program. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was Comedy Inc. Comedy Inc, I think yeah. it was, yeah. After Grinspoon released an absolute blow-by-blow um, remake of this particular song, Comedy Inc did a pistake of it, which uh, featured the chorus, don't change the tune, don't change the words at all. Yeah. <laughs> and pretty much summed up, yeah, exactly what Grinspoon had done. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and it was the number one song for them. Oh, God. Um, for, for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and it was them actually just messing around in the, um, messing around in the studio. They had some spare time and they wanted to do something and decided... Oh, let's cover Don't let's, Change. Let's make a number one song. And I've, heard, I've actually heard a few bands who, when they're paying respect to, uh, to In Excess on stage, this is the song that they usually cover as well. Mm. And it's, it is interesting hearing um, some of the other bands do this. Well, you could say, was it something of a, a life motto for Michael Hutchins, perhaps? Yeah. Mm. What happened to him in the end? Yeah, well, that's right. Um, I also made the comment that this is a song that I've I've sung a couple of times before in the past, and I made, I said that it's not a, as well as Hutchins. Let's, no, let's no put one that out there. Oh, <laughs> right I, I, I'm definitely not saying that. 
and, and I made the comment that it's an easy song to sing, but it's not an easy song to sing well. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of that is just purely because of, uh, I guess, the aura of Hutchins. Yeah. For You're trying to imitate the inimitable. Yeah, well, that's basically. right, yeah. You, and you can't, you always, I always try and put my own spin on it a little bit purely for that reason, but... It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to to do that song justice. Yeah. When you started doing scat after the first chorus, though, that was, yeah. wasn't really the yeah, not not a good spin. Yeah, <laughs> I always try to fire the crowd up a little bit for it, but yeah, well, I got them uh, fired up, but they just yeah. weren't happy. Get <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this dickhead off the stage! <laughs> He's butchering it. So we've talked about two guys who who really stood out for their. I guess they're on yeah. stage persona. I picked another band where it wasn't really about that lead singer's on stage persona, but more about the messages that he was trying to get out at that particular point in time. And uh, talking, of course, about Peter Garrett in Midnight Oil now, you certainly wouldn't confuse Peter Garrett's dance moves with anything that Hutchins <laughs> would uh, would be pulling out. There's no <laughs> duck walking happening yeah. either when it comes to Garrett. It's, Wasn't uh, it described once as someone who's yeah accidentally stuck a fork into an electrical socket? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> two forty volts up each leg. I think was one of the phrases yeah. I heard once before. Yeah. I remember hearing him once say that. You know, people say that our music isn't dance music. Well, if I dance to it, then clearly it's dance music. But That's not dancing. No, no. Um, but this, they had some, you know, tremendous songs, tremendous albums, certainly from the mid-80s mid through to the early 90s. Uh, mm. The song that I picked is uh, Forgotten News. Um, the reason why I've picked Forgotten News as a song is if you've... Um, if you went to school in the you know early to mid nineties and you you were doing your leaving song, this was invariably the type of song that you you'd pick because of the message. Now the message was actually about more about uh, the fact that there weren't any wars going on at that point in time, and that history will forget the fact that there were no wars and um, not rec- I guess not recognizing the the compromises that you know well the decisions that had been made so that that wasn't the case. So it was the time of your life of its day, was it? Would that be a fair enough? Yeah, story? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I picked the chorus, and the chorus is probably the rep- the real representation of why this was a popular song for that purpose. But um, let's have a listen. I'm thinking now that he's a politician as well for the Labor Party, perhaps, yeah, he's viewing his time as Midnight Oil frontman as the forgotten years. <laughs> I think a lot of other well, people prefer it to be the other way around. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Just he probably quietly. thinks about his yeah. political career as perhaps the forgotten years. Yeah. But very good song. We're making the comment about Midnight Oil. One of my criticisms of them as a band, and it's the same for uh, Guns N' Roses, is that a lot of their songs seem to run out of steam. Blue yeah. Sky Mine in particular is one where it, it peaks and then just the last minute sort of just dwindles away. Mm. But, yeah, that one is one which I think you're saying is definitely... I think it it's, ends this, with is, it this is probably, yeah, he, there's a little bit of the rambling still at the end of this, but I think that they keep it pretty tight. Mm. Um, 
yeah, it's... Uh, and that's a, I think that that's probably a pretty fair criticism of, of Midnight Oil, but I think that, you know, they, they were... You know, they were in it f- more for the message than, than mm, anything yeah. else. And, um, yeah, I've Just always... Just like Peter Garrett, federal yeah. Labor member. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I've always loved Forgotten News. Um, the big part of the reason why I, I chose that song... Um, Sounds like a good anthem song, yeah. too, basically. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Um, and I actually have to thank one of my uh, school teachers for getting me onto Midnight Oil. Jeez. Um, I, I pretty much dismissed him, and then he made me... He, one day we were in class, and I made a comment, and he says, you should, before you make comments like that, you really should probably listen to what they're doing and what they're saying. And uh, he threw the challenge down to me. Challenge Very accepted. Good. Challenge accepted. Um, and nice. I, I grew to appreciate them probably over the next four to five years. So There it is. Right, yeah. so moving on to number five. Now, this one... Basically, after picking my top two Aussie bands, when I started to look for slots three through five, I realised, geez, there's a dearth of Aussie talent out there. There really is. In terms of a great band, by comparison with you know that my other favourite bands and that from anywhere in the world, mm. the Aussies don't really feature. But this is one band I have to say, and a modern band who have sort of yeah helped. Maintain my faith in the Australian music industry. The people who bought me uh, Gay Sebastian, <laughs> the aforementioned Gay Sebastian. But um, the best thing I like about this band is that, as you would know, one of my uh, major things with music is to listen to it while I'm working mm. um, through the headphones. And um, this well, is one think, song. Well, yeah, there's been many a discussion of that so far, yes. but yes. But um, this is definitely one song that if you're, yeah, if you're trying to work and you know me, I'll always try to get myself sort of G'd up and amped up for, for any sort of work that I'm doing. This song definitely helps achieve that goal. So uh, you might want to know who the artist is before we oh, go yeah. into the track. Sneaky sound system. Yeah. And yeah, let's have a listen to Kansas City. Once again, we've cut it off just before the lyrics start, and I think, yeah, I mean, the the singer for this band, um, she, you know, she's uh, Corey, I think her name is. She does, she does have a, a decent enough voice; it's passable. But yeah, for this band, it's definitely all about the the sort of backing music and the yeah, it's about everything but the voice. I'm just thinking about the Dave Chappelle comment about Little John music. His music gets me so amped. Ah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's that sort of yeah. That's probably the similar sort of thing with me. Yeah. And unlike most modern bands, they've released two albums which contain hardly any, any filler at all. Those two albums are, are pretty solid. The first one maybe not so much, but yeah, the second one definitely from start to finish, very very listenable. Yeah, I'm gonna bow to your wisdom because I must admit to not being a big fan of this. So, <laughs> just fair enough. This yeah. is a bit of a niche. Yeah, I, I think that that's one. right. Is that you know, having said that, they have a couple of songs of this that I don't mind that much. But I wouldn't exactly say that I go out of my way to seek out sneaky sound system <laughs> songs. Put it that yeah. way. 
And I was trying to make sure I said that correctly Sneak because there, there were a lot of S's <laughs> yes, there just all of a sudden. But you wouldn't want to have a lisp if you were a fan of that no, band. No, Let's that's right. That Kenny Callender might have <laughs> yeah. some troubles getting that out there. Cameraman would have dead set drowned. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So moving on from that sort of yeah, quite <laughs> left of centre dance techno electronica band. We're now returning to a slightly more conventional Aussie band. And it's it's fair to say these were these were in your um, these were in your three to five range, but it's pretty fair to say that they they, they deserve their spot. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've talked about um, one of their songs in a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we've actually talked about a couple of their songs. We we gone for for one of one of their other ones, and that being um, Savage Garden. So um, we're going to play Savage Garden's first song. Actually, I want you um, first hit. First yeah. hit, yeah. So here it is. Come stand a little bit closer, breathe in and get a bit higher. You'll never know what hit you when I get to you. I always remember one year for the Sky Show, we actually went out onto my uncle's boat, and um, that was one of the songs that was played that year, and I reckon that was, of all the Australia days I've had, that was probably the best one I've ever had, and the music that night was actually really, really solid too, but yeah, a a very, very catchy song, I mean, the chorus Mm. is fantastic, the start of that song... I also really like the way it builds up too, and the, the chicka cherry cola. Yeah, <laughs> try, try saying that five times fast. It's yeah. not easy, but yeah, very, very well written and very catchy, just standard Aussie pop song, I guess. <laughs> it's so funny. I remember uh, one of my mates saying the first time we heard this, "Oh my god, I love Roxette's new song." <laughs> um, and it, and it, I could kind of understand that because it's such it's such not an Australian song mm. at that particular point in time, and. Um, yeah, uh, I remember. Well, as I say, there, there weren't really. You had sort of the eighties, the yeah. in excess of the Akadakas and that. Yeah. But Savage Garden perhaps could almost be the first sort of Aussie pop band. Yeah, I'm trying. That's it's certainly, well, the first sort of successful. Of, of one. More, well, yeah. I mean, I think that you know, they're certainly they were certainly very internationally recognised, which mm. I think is quite important. And I mean. We kind of, I think we kind of skipped over Men at Work because we were focusing a lot on Down Under, but they were, you know, they mm. had some very successful songs overseas as well. Overkill is just a fantastic song. Colin Hay is an incredibly talented writer as well, and I, you know, I love Overkill as a song. Truly, Madly Deeply was actually the first Aussie song to go to number one in the US since um, Men at Work. Yeah, I'm quite certain. And that 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 tells you a lot, I think. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't much so, going in between. But. Yeah, so. But, um, yeah, as I was saying, well, that was their first song. I remember thinking, I, I knew it wasn't Roxette, just for the record, <laughs> and I pointed them out. And then they, they, someone actually asked me where Savage Garden was from, and I had no idea the, the mm. first few times I heard that they were Australian, because it certainly wasn't the type of music I would expect to, to hear from an Australian band. Yeah. But, um, you know, their, their first album we talked about, To the Moon and Back already. We oh, talked I about, love that song, yeah. We talked about Break Me, Shake Me as well in yep. a previous podcast, which is also a very similar type of song to I Want You. Yep. But, uh, yeah, very, very well. Their songs are so well crafted. I yep. think that that's the thing, the thing about it is, is that they're really, you know, particularly on that first album, really well put together. And mm. even some of their other songs, which 
people don't necessarily like as much. Like, I think Affirmation is... I really like Affirmation as yeah. a song as well. Um, and it was a song that didn't really get that much airplay. But Well, I think, I mean, Australia is quite homophobic in a way. And I think yeah. Darren Hayes' sexuality... And, I mean, his also his ability to, uh, I guess, sing the high notes and that sort of thing. It, that, I mean, I know as a Savage Garden fan, that became a point of derision for other for mm. other people saying that, you know, oh, you like Savage Garden, you know. So I, I don't know whether maybe that, because that song in particular, that would be well, a very I mean, sort of... It's funny, the, the same people who say that will love Queen, which kind of, <laughs> you know, I always go, well, yeah. do I point out the obvious yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just let that one sort mm. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, I did get the feeling that after they had sort of been around for a while, that did become more of an issue. And certainly when Darren Hayes attempted to go solo, his, yeah. Yeah, his solo career fell flat on its face. So I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not whether that was an issue, but um, certainly yeah. those those first two albums, yeah. Yeah. Solid, very yeah. solid. Yeah. So moving from I Want You, we're moving to I Want You Back. <laughs> It's not that she's gone away Yeah It's the things I hear that she has got to say About me I think we talked about your number one choice before. Who do gurus would definitely be my number one choice, and it's a it's a it's a personal preference thing for me. I think I've seen this band more than any other band ever, and they always put on a great show. Yeah. They probably have a quality twenty or thirty songs, which you know they've had a twenty or thirty year career, so you'd kind of hope mm. that, but. <laughs> That they have some really. Otherwise, what have they been doing no, that whole yeah, time? <laughs> but a lot of their songs are very, very different. Now, this particular song, "I Want You Back," is actually it's written as a it's kind of written as a love song in some respects with regards to a jilted lover doing things mm. that they shouldn't have done and then wanting to to claim the person back. It's actually written about a band member who who left the band and was going around and saying derogatory things about it. But rather than mm. saying it in that way, they're like, "Yeah, we'll turn it into a love song type thing." <laughs> Uh, the words really uh, resonate with me in particular. I can talk about, I can kind of talk about a past relationship that's kind of been alluded to in a previous podcast. These are always classic. The the story rings 100% true word for word from that song with regards to, to a relationship that I was involved in in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear that song, I sit there and I go, ah, yes, that's right. It's not that she's gone away, it's the things I hear that she has got to say about me and about my friends when we've got no defence. Um, um, so the lyrics. That's her, I'll never believe her again. She might have deceived all my friends. I know that we'll see in the end what it all means when she says, I want you back. Yeah. Every single word of that depicts us. There's a story and the story fits perfectly within that song. So every time I hear that song, I have both positive... 
a negative recollection. <laughs> it's a good song, but you don't like what it has to say. <laughs> well, yeah, the message is important mm. and it's relevant to me, but yeah, it doesn't necessarily bring back the best memories in the world. And I also have fond memories of one of the first guys who I shared an office with when we were working, who, like me, was also a big fan of these guys. And uh, the last time I caught up with him, which well, this was, a, was a year or so ago, he'd just flown in from Sydney and he'd had the, the luxury of sitting on a plane for four and a half hours talking music with Dave Faulkner, who's the lead singer of Hoodoo Gurus. And he said he's just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah. Very friendly, talked the whole time. They shared a few wines, had a few laughs. My Dave, Dave Faulkner was telling him, I'm trying to think of a, you know, a good hook lead song to write to start concerts off. Um, and Greg's like, you know, I'm a bit embarrassed to say this, but I know who you are and I know what you do. <laughs> If you want any proof, check out my iPod. <laughs> and um, so they're having a good laugh about that. And he, um, yeah. So down to earth. Yeah. My, my uncle's had a very similar experience sitting next to Jimmy Barnes in first class before. Yeah. And he's got a, um, framed on his wall, he's got his boarding pass, which Jimmy Barnes yeah. signed for him. But yes, they reckon they spent the whole flight just chatting music and that. Yeah. That's, that's the rarity, isn't it? The, I mean, the difference, I guess, between Aussie frontmen yeah. And a lot of the other frontmen you'd see overseas, that they're yeah. very much still just down-to-earth yeah. blokes. And Hoodoo Gurus, uh, they've got a lot of great three-minute songs. They don't have too much that goes for longer than three minutes, yeah. actually. And they're, you know, really, really punchy, really short. Light Wow Wipeout, fantastic song. Uh, Mystery Love, Bittersweet, What's My Scene. You know, heaps the so many songs. It, it was really tough. Two to countless pick. to count. Yeah, it was <laughs> tough to pick one. Mm. And the you know the greatest hits album has to go over two CDs. That's how much quality stuff they have. So it's a good sign. It's a it's a good recommendation for anyone out there. Although I hope that you don't have to deal with any I want you back type <laughs> scenarios. Well, moving along, we're up to number. Uh, yeah. Number eight, <laughs> and of course, after after people wanting to have you back, what you want to do is you want to get free. Indeed, there's no better way to say it. So, without further ado, here are the we, vines. Here are the vines. Talking about songs that will get you pumped and sort of amped up, that's a great song right there. The funny thing about that one is the automatic association for me is that it was actually the um, the theme song used for the Top Spin tennis game on Xbox, the very first one, which is... Boy, yeah. I struggle to think of a better tennis game there's been. I mean, it's obviously gone on to have a number of sequels and that, but yeah, certainly at the time, one of the best tennis games as a tennis player I think myself, it was... The original one was... To be honest, it's one of the best sporting games, full stop. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that was the theme song for that one. And, yeah, every time 
the the credits for the game would come on. Usually you'd skip right through it, but this one we actually, me and my mates would usually actually let it play through the end because it actually had this song as the the backing track to it. So yeah, very a, a very underrated and another sort of niche band that not too many people know about. But the singer as well, I think he's got a very good strong um, rock voice, which you don't you don't hear too often these days. I'm trying to sort of good singers for sort of heavy you know, rock and roll. Well, not rock and roll, but you know mm. what I mean. And, yeah, he's got a, a very strong voice for it. So, yes, there we go. That's that's number eight. Shall yeah. we no, move no, on? But, yeah, moving on to number yeah. nine now. So number nine. The, yeah, <laughs> um, number nine, we, we, we pulled a bit of veto power here. Everybody likes to claim New Zealand-born people as Australians. <laughs> Russell Crowe, Sam Neill. Yeah, along the way. So we've... Um, we're, we're kind of claiming the Finn brothers, uh, although admittedly some of the other members of Crowded House were actually Australian-born. Yeah. We've, we've picked, that, that'll do. That'll yeah, do. We've picked Crowded House, and we've, we, we said for, for all intents and purposes we're going to call them Australian. Um, Crowded House, of course, was kind of uh, the, the post-Split Ends mm. break, and Split Ends were also a pretty good band. That probably only just outside my top five, <laughs> actually, to be honest. Um uh, I love the song I Got You from them. It's a fantastic song. But we've gone with, uh, we've actually gone with probably a controversial pick for, uh, for Crowded House. People generally would go with, uh, with Don't Dream It's Over which, and they're picking that. my original yeah. preference, yeah. Um, I've, uh, I've, just, I've gone with Mean To Me because uh, I actually just really <laughs> like the way that this song flows beginning to end. There's virtually no stop in this song and it's, you know, the. It's the Finn boys at their best with regards to storytelling in the song itself. So, fair enough. Without further ado, let's play a clip from Crowded House's Mean to Me. Very catchy song. I mean, yeah. it, they're another sort of band. As soon as you hear the the vocalist, you can tell straight away who it is, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, with those guys, as I said, the flow of their story writing, it was the same with Split Ends as well, is yeah. that, um, you know, they, they don't... The thing I love about them is that they don't ever waste a note. Mm. Or a word. Yeah, or a yep. word, yeah. Really, really tight with what they do, and it's great. It's, yeah, they're... Their stuff's good to listen to. Their best of album is definitely worth a, worth a spin in the CD player. From and I generally will do it every now and then just yep. to uh, just to hear something a bit different. And that's probably my favourite song of theirs. I would say. So Big Call, Don't Dream It's Over is a, is a yeah. very good song. Um, yeah, and um, the other one I always laugh about is. Um, Always take the weather with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing them play that at a concert once, and uh, it was an outdoor concert of the weather that day. It wasn't actually very nice. So uh, Neil Finn made a very, very poignant comment about that before he played that particular song. That song was designed yeah. for outdoor concerts, wasn't then, it? <laughs> and then straight after that song, he actually, they actually played Four Seasons in one day, which was, <laughs> which was you know, making me think maybe he'd been living in Melbourne too long at that point in time, but. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, 
great, great. As I say, pretty much any any piece of Finworks worth listening to. Split Ends, Crowded House, their solo stuff. Um, yeah. And talking about songwriting, I think that leads us very nicely into our last track today. Yeah. Um, possibly, if you're going to talk about Aussie songwriters, I mean, this guy would definitely have to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think this guy is. Um, He's probably one of the best at setting the mood or setting the scene for for what he's talking about better than anyone else. I think he's very good at painting visual pictures. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it visual does. Pictures. That was profound. <laughs> oh, okay, you painted a visual picture there. <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe let's yeah, paint not, a musical it's not picture. Quite, it's not quite. <laughs> it's sung in cheek, but hey, we're getting there. Um, there I'm, I'm talking about the guy who shares his name with a Brownlow medalist, That's one right. one Mr. Paul Kelly, and um, I could have chosen oh heaps of songs yeah. with this guy. The song of his I've always loved, and the story is fantastic in this song, which is uh, To Adore. I have a, an acoustic version of it somewhere, which unfortunately I couldn't find for the purposes of today. Fuck's sake. But it is, I think it's probably the best acoustic version of a song I've ever heard. And uh, I'd love to have a listen to it now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks well, very much. <laughs> and a few years ago, what um, Paul Kelly every, every month was actually putting out his backtrack of songs from alphabetical, putting out acoustic recordings of all of them day to day. Once again, sharing an office with a guy who was a big music buff, who was a big Paul Kelly buff, and he was he was going and getting them all yeah. as they were coming out every day. Nice. And um, so, yeah, I, I ended up with a couple of uh, acoustic versions just purely as a consequence of that. And, yeah, the two adore acoustic, non-acoustic, it really doesn't matter. It's a fantastic song. You're just saying that because you can't find the acoustic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, uh, either way, anyway, yeah, let's, anyway have, let's have a listen as to we're, as we're <laughs> As we're heading out the door, out the door, it's yeah. time to queue up Paul Kelly. <laughs> They got married early, never had no money. Then when he got laid off, it really hit the skids. He started off his drinking, then they started fighting. He took it pretty badly, she took both the kids. She said, I'm not standing by to watch you slowly die. So watch me walking out the door. So shove it, Dan, I'm walking out the fucking door. What? You can't tra- what? tell people how good the acoustic yeah. song is and then not play it for them. Oh, no. Raising their hopes and crushing them. Uh, what are you doing to us, GJ? I, I will say this, though. The, the Paul Kelly song, Bradman, that is, yeah, one of my all-time favourite songs in terms of the, the story and the songwriting itself. Yeah, it's a, it's a mm. brilliant song. Well, the other one that I, that I always remember from, from Paul Kelly, which was actually around a similar time to, um, to Adore, which is Dumb Things, which featured in, I don't know whether it's a good thing to say, it featured in Young Einstein or not, but it was in oh. that particular movie. And uh, um, really, really... It's the a, only it's, good thing about it? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a great love song about being in love. Um, Which I'm so, assuming happened to young Einstein. You know what? Yeah. Let's not let's not even go there. It doesn't matter. Try, the song's good. I'm trying to blank. You can't. You can't. Unfortunately, you can't unsee young Einstein. And I'm talking from first hand experience. Having not seen it, I'm not yeah. going to make that mistake in future. Then, yeah. Well, they had it in the Australian um, version of The Simpsons when they came down here. They made a 
a good reference to uh, to Young Einstein. It's like Yahoo, serious. Oh, those words, yeah. the, I know those words, but, <laughs> but they, they don't, don't make, make sense, sense together. together. <laughs> <laughs> certainly couldn't say that about Paul Kelly's song. Right? No, you certainly <laughs> couldn't. Well, certain, yeah. I mean, he, he's probably a close cousin to the Finn the Finn mm-hmm. boys. The way he goes about doing it, and certainly I, I view them in a very similar way. And yeah, really enjoy a lot of his stuff. So, so there you go. For all those who say we never have anything positive to say, just Fuck take you. a yeah. <laughs> so let's start with that. Yeah. But also, we along with abuse, we now have this to show them as well. So, so we'll we'll be featuring a few more top tens over the uh, the upcoming weeks, which are, are going to be more about the, the positive things. Yep. In uh, that that associate around well, you know, the blow pot in general. So. Indeed. So, but yeah. until next time, I think I'll be saying later skaters. Yeah, and I'll be saying later hosen. Out the door. Out the door. J- just stop. <laughs> <laughs>